Good morning, church family. Greet you all in the wonderful name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. We thank God for bringing us together in this way as we seek to honor Him with our lives and gather together in fellowship um, to hear His word, uh, what His will is, and to rejoice in the fact that He speaks to us. He is never silent. Amen. We... I've, I've, I've taken a break from uh, the pulpit for quite a few weeks now, and, um, and I, I, I'll still uh, not be very frequent on, on the pulpit for the next coming weeks as well, um, but I had left Mark chapter 12. Uh, I did not want to leave it hanging, um, but what I, I've been rejoicing in my heart to see uh, the pulpit filled with uh, men that desire to um, hear God speak through his word and through them. It has been a joy to hear uh, from our different visitors. Uh, well, one is not a visitor anymore. Uh, he's <laughs> but now he's in our midst. Uh, we heard from Kenosi. We heard from um, Nathan uh, Odede. And um, uh, Herod um, also gave us the word, and, and, and I really, really appreciate that. And I, I hope that as you hear God's word, um, that your hearts are being blessed and that you are growing through it. Uh, from next week, also, we, uh, next week we're going to hear from Lorato and then um, other, other men as well. And so we rejoice in that. We rejoice to see God. Um, speaking to us and especially raising men in our midst that is one of my greatest joys Um, we are in Mark chapter 12 this morning and looking at verse 38 to verse 44 and um, my title is a question actually what is at the center of your life what is at the center of your life. I'll read the text and then we'll pray together and then we'll go um, through the word of God. I read from the ESV, follow me as I read from God's word. And in his teaching, speaking about Jesus, he said, Beware of the scribes who like to walk around in long robes and like greetings in the marketplaces and have the best seats in the synagogues and the places of honor at feasts, who devour widows' um, houses, and for a pretense make long prayers, they will receive the greater condemnation. And he sat down opposite the treasury and watched the people putting money into the offering box. Many rich people put in large sums, and a poor widow came and put in two small copper coins which make a penny and he called his disciples to him and said to them truly I say to you this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the offering box for they all contributed out of their abundance but she out of her poverty has put in everything she had all she had to live on This is the word of God. Let us pray. Indeed, Lord, as we sang together, desiring that you will speak to us through your word, 
that you will plant your word deep in us. You will take your word, O Lord, and draw us to yourself. That we will be a people that seek to, to walk with you, seek to love you, to honor you with our lives. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. I want to talk to you today about the issue of love. as the question that I asked, what is at the center of your life? We are all familiar to some degree with love, right? Everyone in this room has loved or has been loved. Everyone here loves people and everyone here loves things. I would imagine that some even love God. While we are familiar with the concept of love, I think we might be a little confused about this matter of love. And I believe that we can and genuinely do love God, other things, and and others. But I think we miss a fundamental truth about our love. All of our love as humans is fundamentally flawed. That is, our, our, our sin natures cause our love to be far less than it could and should be. When you get right down to it, and there are really only two areas where we actually exercise our love. We either love self or we love God. Think about it. Our love for others is always based on some personal benefit. We love others because we receive love in return. We love others because of some benefit that we receive from them. While our love for others may be strong and enduring, in the end, we love because there's something in it for self. That hurts, but it is true. Even our love for God is always less than it could or should be. Our love for Him only exists, if you think about it, because He first loved us. As First John chapter 4, verse 19 testifies, our love for Him is a direct response to His love for for us. And sadly, even our love for him is tainted by sin. I'm not trying to cast love in bad light today. I'm trying to get you to see that our love is imperfect at best. But while our love is imperfect, it is still a powerful motivator. And I will say and and, and, and um, I will serve, in other words, the one I love. If I am in love with self, everything I will do will be designed to benefit self. If I'm, in, if I'm in love with God, then that love will motivate me to serve Him. As Jesus brings His ministry in the temple to a close, He gives us a tremendous lesson in love here. Uh, I want to preach, as I said, what is at the center of your life? In other words, what do you really love the most? And I want you to see two truths this morning. I want you to see that some people love a fool, while some people love the father. Some people love a fool, while some people love the father. Let us examine our hearts this morning and find who we really love. First of all, some people love a fool. The word fool is a strong word, isn't it? A fool is defined as a silly or stupid person, a person who lacks judgment and sense, a person who has been tricked or deceived into appearing or acting silly or stupid. That is not a word that should be thrown around casually. Jesus said in 
Matthew chapter 5, verse 22, but I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council, and whoever says, you fool, will be liable to the hell of fire. The word fool translates the word moros, which gives us the word moron. Jesus is referring to people who speak about others from a heart of hatred. It is from a heart filled with hate that, 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 that murder arises. Hatred for others in the heart is the same as murder in God's eyes. So while there are fools, morons, and empty-headed people in this world, we need to be careful to whom we attach that label. I have no right to call anyone a fool, but God does. And here's what he says in, in Psalm 14 verse 1. He says, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. The two words there is are not there in the original text. That means they were supplied by the translators to make the text more readable. In this case, they cause us to read the text one way. When the true intent of the Holy Spirit may be something um, else altogether. Most people see this text as referring to, to atheists, right? We, we usually quote this a lot when we're talking about people that don't believe in God. We, we, we quote it like this, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. According to this reading, the fool is someone who refuses to acknowledge God as his uh, 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 Lord and Savior. But actually, we should read it in the sense that we, we, we remove that word, there is, right? The fool says in, in his heart, no God. It is someone who refuses to acknowledge God, someone who refuses to bow to him. The text before us presents two classes of people who are in love with fools. Why do I say that? First, the people mentioned here are fools because they have refused to bow to the authority of Jesus Christ. Second, they are in love with a fool because this text teaches us that they are in love with themselves. Let's examine that thought for a moment. First of all, we see the religious fool in verse 38 to verse 40. This is what it says. In, in his teaching, he said, Beware of the scribes who like to walk around in long robes and like greetings in the marketplaces and have the best seats in the synagogues and the places of honor at feasts, who devour widows' houses and for a pretense make long prayers, they will receive the greater condemnation. Jesus gives a scathing attack against the scribes here. The scribes were the doctors of the law. They read, copied, and interpreted the law for the Jewish people. They, they were considered the authorities in what the law taught. In a sense, they were the religious celebrities of their times, receiving near worship from the common man. They may have been religious, but they were religious fools. They were foolish because they refused to follow the spirit of the word of God, and they refused to acknowledge God's Messiah when he came. They were also foolish in that they loved themselves more than they could ever love God. Consider the lost descriptions of, of these Man, first of all, they love to go in long clothing. The scribes were known by the long white robes they wore. The, 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 the robes had a long fringe around the hem 
the, their attire made them stand out from the common man because the common people dressed in brightly colored clothing. The, the scribes in their long flowing white robes certainly stood out. Their fringe gave them the illusion that they were gliding about instead of walking. Secondly, Jesus says they love greetings in the marketplaces. When the scribes passed by, everyone stood up out of respect for them. The only people who were not required to stand were the tradesmen who were involved in their work. As the scribes passed, various verbal greetings were spoken to them. People cried things like, Rabbi, Master, Father, or even My Great One, as they walked past. Not only that, but they loved the best seats in the synagogues. The best seat in the synagogue was a bench that sat in the front of the chest containing the scrolls of the Torah. The, the scribes were seated here so that they would be seen as being near the law to guard it. For from this bench, the scribes could be seen by everyone in the synagogue. They had the best seats. Again, he says, they love the places of honor at feasts. When wealthy Jews at that time gave a feast, the scribes were often invited to serve as adornment. The scribes were, in other words, the A-list celebrities of the day, and having them there would draw a crowd to your party. When the scribes arrived, they were given seats next to the host. They occupied the place of honor. It was a place of high honor. Again, he says, they devour widows' houses. Scribes often served as estate planners. They would write out legal documents or um, legal documents for, for illiterate widows. Some were guilty of con- convincing poor widows that they would be serving God by supporting the temple or by supporting the scribe himself. When this happened, the scribe profited and whatever the husband left for his wife was taken away through extortion. And Jesus says again that they make a show of their religious activities. The the scribes loved to stand in public and pray long, loud, elaborate, wordy prayers that they hoped would impress the uneducated common people. Jesus spoke of this behavior in Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 to 6. They, they, they love to be seen in public. In fact, just, just as a footnote, on Women's Day, I don't know what date that is. I forgot the date, but you'll forgive me for that. As I was sitting outside, I was here at the office, and I went outside. There was a, a lot of women who were escorted by uh, traffic uh, uh, police. And um, there was some makeshift stage that was mobile, and there was someone who had a mic, and everyone was praying as they were following this, this um, you know, makeshift stage. And, and they were praying so loud, and, and they started speaking in this... Uh, today people call it tongues. But they started speaking in nonsensical nothingness. 
they were screaming and making uh, a spectacle of themselves as they were going from that side to that side, wanting to be seen by everyone, wanting to be applauded by everyone. How amazing they are, how pious they are. But they were speaking into the air. These scribes, Jesus says, they are headed for great and terrible judgment. These men were nothing but religious hypocrites and they will face God Almighty in judgment someday. These are the kinds of people Jesus referred to in in Matthew 7 when they come to him and say, Lord, Lord, did we not do this in your name? Did we not do that in your name? And he says, I never knew you. As I think about the Lord's warning, Uh, to this religious man I think of a few lessons that we can glean right here there are no scribes here today but there are some who possess the same attitude that controlled this man to them religion was a game they did not have a personal relationship with God but they believed that their good works and their devotion to the law would be enough to save their souls the fact is they they were dead wrong and if you believe that you are dead wrong too religion and religious activities cannot and do not and will not save the soul it is by grace through faith in Christ alone doing good works and good things and keeping good rules will never save you You must be in a faith relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. It is Him alone who is the way. We were pleasantly surprised as we drove um, on on Bayesno Deer this morning and we saw a a, a billboard that said, I am the way, John 14 verse 6. Everything they did was geared towards satisfying their pride and making them look good in the eyes of others. They were literally in love with themselves and had no room in their hearts for God. And isn't that what we see today? Isn't that what, you know, these so-called men of God with who are are chasing title after title, uh, who are putting thrones in in the local churches? Right, you get into a church and there is a throne for the pastor. The best seats, right? I'm not opposed to um, a title. As some of you call me uh, Pastor Karab. I'm not opposed to that. But it, it is not a title that puts me in a position where I have a greater anointing than you, where I am better than you, where you have to follow after me on my footsteps and, and, and I always have a handkerchief to wipe my sweat. It is, it is not that. In fact, when we call ourselves pastors, what you should have in your mind, we are servants. We are serving through shepherding you. We are serving through teaching you the word. We are serving you through leading you. We, we are not your chiefs, right? When you think about pastor, you must not think village chief. You must think servant of the Lord. Jesus warns against this man. But today, it's as if we're not hearing the warning at all. 
We love people that display power. That is why even some politicians who should not be politicians continue being politicians because we are impressed by power. If you love yourself, you are in love with a fool. Then you will spend eternity with that fool in hell. Are you a religious fool? Are you in love with yourself? If you are, you will be disappointed when Jesus comes. You cannot save yourself. You are not the master of your fate. You are not the captain of your salvation. It is only Jesus Christ who can save us. So we see first the religious fools. And secondly, we see the rich fool. When Jesus finished teaching the people, he took a seat near the treasury. This was the area in the court of women. And was an area set aside for giving. The treasury consisted of 13 containers where people could make their contributions. These containers were shaped like an inverted trumpet with a large end at the, uh, at the top and a small end at the bottom. Each of these trumpets were labeled as to what the offerings placed in it were to be used for. Nine of the trumpets were for various dues related to the law. The other four were for voluntary offerings of various natures. People gave by approaching the trumpets and dropping their offerings. As Jesus said there, he watched the people bringing their gifts and he watched how they gave those gifts. In fact, that word in verse 41, washed, means to view attentively or to perceive. He was attentively looking at these people giving into the treasury. Jesus saw what they were doing with his, with his eyes and saw the motive of their heart as they gave as well. Some came in with great fanfare, standing back and tossing in their gift for the greatest effect. Others gave with a frown on their face, holding onto their coins as tightly as they could to the, to the very last second. Others probably stopped to make sure that everyone was watching them as they gave their offerings. Matthew 6 verse 1 to 4 describes some of the excesses that mocked the Jews and their giving in Jesus' day. They gave so that they could be seen. Some would hire trumpets, uh, trumpeters actually, to go before them so that attention would be drawn to them and their giving. They would come to the treasury and make a great show of casting their money in. As their money fell into the trumpet, it would make a great noise. Heads would turn and people would stare in admiration of these people who gave great sums of money to the temple. Imagine the scene as the trumpets blasted. The applause rose and fell and the sound of coins echoed throughout the temple. Most of these people were not giving for the glory of God. They were giving for the praise of man. According to Jesus, when they received the praise of others, they got all that they were going to get. 
That was their reward. A clap here, an ooh there, an ah here, a wow at the back. That was all that they were going to get. They were fools because they also loved themselves. Whether you love your religious works, your possessions, or you simply love yourself, your love is misplaced. You, you can never give enough or be good enough to impress God or to gain His salvation. There is only one work that God will accept. It is the work of Christ on the cross. Archie Paul says, <laughs> salvation is by works, but only the works of Christ. It is only the work of Christ that can get us to God. Our works are as filthy wrecks. Even our best works are tainted with sin. The only way you, can, you will ever get to God is to come to the end of yourself. Fall down before him and admit your absolute weakness and inability. You will never be saved until you come to that place. So do you love God? Or are you in love with a fool? Just remember that you cannot impress God. You cannot please God. Your riches and your religion will only lead to hell. Jesus is the only path that leads to glory. Now we see that some people love a fool, but not only that, secondly, we see that some people love the Father. As Jesus watched the rich people coming and going, giving their money with fanfare and excitement, he saw a poor widow enter the treasury. As Jesus watched this poor, humble woman give her gift, the people shouted and applauded for the rich people and their large gifts. No one noticed this widow. No one. That is only the only one that matters noticed this woman. Surely Jesus was standing and applauding in his heart. In this widow's giving we see a portrait of genuine love for the Father. Now notice the evidence of this love. The, the evidence of her love is seen in the fact that she even gave at all. She was a poor widow. Widows were the poorest of the poor in that society. There were no RDPs that time. There was no Sasa. For those who need uh, explanation, Sasa is a social grant. Uh, there was no Sasa at that time. There was no social grant. Widows lived hand to mouth. Here is a widow who comes into the presence of God to give to him. She, she doesn't have much. Scholars are divided over how much these coins were worth, but it was a mere fraction of an average day's pay. It was a gift that amounted to nothing of any value as far as money was concerned. When she dropped her two uh, little coins in that trumpet, they made no noise among all the clamor of the people and the clanging of the gifts of the rich. She didn't have much, but she gave anyway. What a testimony, eh? Why would she bother to give such an insignificant gift? Her two cents 
amount to thousands of uh, among the thousands of rents given by the wealthy seems so small why bother why even come at all this little lady is everything the religious scribes and the rich hypocrites were not she was a living breathing illustration of mark chapter 12 verse 29 to 31 to love the Lord your God with all your heart. With all your soul, with all your mind and with all your strength. She gave because she loved God. She gave her little because she had given her, uh, he had given her everything. She loved him more than her own life. And she proved it by the way she gave. Now, we, we don't only see the evidence of this love, but we see the extravagance of this love. Jesus saw her giving and said, Truly I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the offering box. For they all contributed out of their abundance, but she out of her poverty has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. Jesus commended her giving because she gave everything that she had. She could have kept one of those coins for herself, but she willingly gave everything she, said she had to Jesus. Everything that poor woman had earned for her own needs was given willingly to the Lord. She's an example of extravagant giving. The Bible is filled with such extravagant giving. Consider Abraham offered his son Isaac in Genesis chapter 22 consider Hannah who, who gave her son Samuel to God in 1 Samuel chapter 1 consider the widow who gave the last of her food to Elijah in, 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 in 1 Kings chapter 17 consider Mary who gave a very expensive box of ointment and her glory in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 15 to honor the Lord Jesus Christ in John chapter 12 Consider people like Stephen, James, and others who literally gave their lives for the glory of God. Why did these people pay such a price? They did it because they loved God more than they loved themselves or their stuff. They didn't give until it hurt. They gave until it felt good. That is a lesson we could all learn. After all, everything we have is from Him and should be dedicated to Him. Now notice with me, not only the extravagance of this love, but the extent of this love. That that widow could, have, uh, could, could, could never have known what a gift would accomplish. She walked into the temple ignored by the rich, the religious, and those who caught up in the celebrity worship of the day. She walked in there with her little gift, and she gave it without fanfare. The rich gave, they received their applause, and they walked away. This poor widow gave and walked away, but a gift is still giving today. How many people have been challenged to go ahead and give their little because of this woman's example? I have thought her giving on many occasions. And, and we, we're not encouraged by her giving because after she gave, Jesus Christ said she will be blessed abundantly. It is not that, it is her heart for Christ. The rich people gave that day to be acknowledged by men. 
they were and they received their reward. That widow gave because she loved God. When she gave, there were no trumpet blasts. There were no oohs and ahs from the crowd. There was no applause, but I am almost sure that Jesus was standing and on the inside applauding her. I'm almost sure that God in heaven was nodding his divine approval over her as, uh, over her gift of love. One day she will stand in his presence and she will be rewarded for her faith. On that day she will be publicly acknowledged, commended and rewarded by, the God, by God Almighty. Now, I don't want you to misunderstand me this morning. I don't want you to misunderstand the fact that I'm saying if you give your all, you will stand before him one day and be received into his glory. I want you to understand it from this perspective. That this woman knew that God loves her. That this woman knew of the love of God. And so out of that, she responded. You see, we, we don't end the love of God by loving him. We will love him because he first loved us. God has displayed his extravagant love for us by sending his son Jesus Christ to die for us on the cross. He came from heaven to earth to show the way, right? From the earth to the cross. And, and he paid our debt on the cross. That debt that we can never, never repay. He showed his love to us in that while we could not repay him, while we could not do anything for ourselves, while we had a debt that we could never ever repay, he gave his life in its extravagance. The extent of his love cannot be measured from east to west. The extravagant of his love cannot be measured from earth to heaven. It is a love that is deeper than the ocean and he displayed it for us and we respond out of that we do not play religion we do not come to be hypocrites and, 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 and play religion and sing our nice songs and, 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 and give from our wallets and say, I have done all I needed to do. We look to him and say, amazing love, how can it be that thou, my God, should die for me? We look to him because he loved us first. If you want to know the love of God, look at the cross the way to loving God as we ought to love him the way to loving God with all our heart with all our mind with all our strength is through the cross as Jesus speaks to these people he looks at a poor widow and commends her in the midst of people who are making a show of their religion to show us that what should be at the center of our lives is not me. It is him. And our prayer 
as we hear this should be, O great God of highest heaven, sanctify my lowly heart. Own it all and reign supreme. Own it all and reign supreme. Is he reigning supreme in your life? Or other things? What is at the center of your life? Let us pray. Our dear Heavenly Father, our Lord and God, we realize that at times we wear a face, a face that make a show of religion. But Lord, may you strip us of all hypocrisy and point us to your Son, Jesus Christ, who in his extravagant love gave his life for us that we may be reconciled to you. May we rejoice in that. May we rejoice in him. And may those who do not know you this morning find you and find their joy in you. In Jesus' specific name we pray. Amen.